but that's not how we roll. Amen? Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in you. Amen? So we're walking in victory this morning. All right. I'm glad two of you are with me. Praise God. Oh, man. It's going to get brought with handles. All right. Let's settle in. Everybody find a seat. Tell everybody next to you, callate la bocas. Be tranquilos. It's not time to go to the bathroom. You can sit through a three-hour movie. You can sit through a two-and-a-half-hour sermon. Come on. Come on. Can you believe we just started a new year? Man. If you're new to this church, if you, if you just came this past year, you probably already made some New Year's resolutions. Anybody? You've probably already said to somebody or multiple somebodies, this year is my year. Anybody? You told somebody, 2015, this is the year I'm filling the blanks. Right? This year I'm losing weight. Anybody? This year I'm getting in shape. This year I'm eating right. This year I'm taking care of myself. I'm going to stop drinking so much. I'm going to stop smoking so much. I might read my Bible a little bit this year. I might stop smoking. I'm, <coughs> I might, I'm, I'm going to do me this year. I'm going to get things in order. I'm going to stop dating losers. Anybody? <laughs> I'm going to stop being a loser. Anybody? This year I'm getting that promotion or I'm getting a new job. I'm gonna, this year I'm going to develop a budget. This year I'm going to stick to my budget. This year I'm going to watch my spending. This year I'm going to build my saving. This year I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to be more faithful this year. I'm going to go to church more regularly this year so people can stop thinking I'm new. Nothing is more embarrassing for your pastors than when we go and greet you and say, hey, welcome, this is your first time. You're like, I've been coming here two years. I have a personal belief about that. I think you're lying. You might have come here two years ago. You might have come here once or twice in the last two years, but you haven't been going here for two years if we don't know you. Amen? All right. So this year, we're going to keep things honest. But the truth is, if you've started those resolutions on January 1st, here we are four or five days in, you probably broke two or three of them already. Somebody, somebody testify. Can I challenge you to do something a little different this year? Anybody ready for different? You ready for change? Obama didn't bring it, I'm going to bring it. Amen? You ready for change? This year, if those of you that brought in the new year with us, we had us a party. Amen? And when the clock hit 2015, everybody in the building took a step forward. So the new year caught us walking forward. And, and I want to keep that momentum all year round. I want us walking forward all year round. I want that momentum to keep going. We're going to stumble. We're going to fall. We're going to have hiccups. Things are going to hit us. We're going to have hard times. We're going to have tough seasons. But we're going to keep moving forward. Anybody? All right. I'll convince you by the time I'm done. I promise. So for the next four weeks, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. 
for the next, we're, man, this is, we're ready for a challenge. For the next four weeks, I'm going to push you. I'm going to press through, ask you to press through. I'm going to challenge you to build, to grow, to mature. I'm going to get on your case. I'm going to be in your business. I'm going to get on your Facebook. I'm going to just challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to push all the, to, we're going to have, that means we're going to have to get over some stuff. Tell, tell somebody, it's time to grow over it. You might have to let go of some stuff. You might have to change some attitudes. You might have to forgive somebody. You might have to ask for forgiveness. I, I know, there's no amen on that one. I'd rather forgive people than ask for forgiveness. That's rough. Anybody? You might have to, in other words, the point is, you might have to do some things you're not used to doing. This, this year, this month, you might have to do some things. See, it's amazing to me. Everybody wants change, but nobody wants to do anything different. I'll wait for you to Facebook that. Go ahead. Everybody wants change. Nobody wants to do anything different. For the next couple of weeks, I'm going to ask you to do some things differently. Do we have any tough mothers up in here? This is going to be a spiritual tough mother. It's going to be a spiritual boot camp for the next four weeks. We got a 30-day spiritual challenge. I want you to look at the screen. Week one, here's what we're going to do week one. It's going to be about prayer. It's going to be about connecting with God. So week one, we're going to have prayer night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. We're going to have prayer two nights here and, and, and two nights over at, um, at Harvest Field. Because we're, we're joining with Harvest Field and we're going to press through a 30-day challenge together. Amen? I'm sorry, I think it's four days away. It's, it's Monday. Monday and Wednesday is going to be at Harvest Field. And Tuesday and Thursday is going to be here at the sanctuary. Now listen to me. This is, I'm not going to put a guilt trip on you. I know some of you come far. I know some of you you know, have to pay tolls to get here. I'm not telling you that you should you know, go, go through. I don't want you to go through that. I know we still have kids. I know kids are in school. I know some of you are in school. I know you got to study. But listen, I am going to challenge you to do something different this week. Make it to one or two of those services. Make it, if you can't make it, listen, our services Tuesday and Thursday, we're going to stream them online. So if you're in Jersey, you're coming from Queens, you're coming from the bridge, you can't make it, log in online. What I'm asking you to do is one hour this week, every day, take that time to do something different in the area of prayer. That means get your kids around, get your family around, call somebody and pray with them for a little while. I know it's going to be a challenge, but again, I'm asking you to be uncomfortable this week. Amen? Come on. Week number two. Week number two, so prayer is connecting with God. Week number two is committing to God. We're going to do a week of fasting. So week two is going to be all about fasting. Here's what I'm going to ask you. There's going to be two fasts that I want you to do week number two. Number one, we're going to do a social media fast. Ay, ay, ay. Now I'm hitting below the belt. I'm going to ask you to sacrifice the selfie for one week. For one week, give your shoulder a, a break. For one week, let it heal for the rest of the year. Sacrifice the selfie. No matter what happens, I don't care who you meet that week. I don't care where you are. I don't care how pretty the dinner looks that they serve you at a restaurant. I don't care what. Don't take a picture of it. Don't post it. 
Let your next Sunday be, your post on Sunday be Facebook. I'll see you next week. Instagram, peace out. I'll see you next week. So that's the first fast. The second fast, I'm going to ask you, pull out your bulletins. Pull out, pull out, pull out this in your bulletin because I want you to follow along. First week, we're going to be in prayer. We're going to be connecting to God. The second week, we're going to be fasting. So we're going to do a social media fast, and then I want you to pick one of the fasts that are on there. You're going to do a Daniel fast for a week or a sunrise to sunset fast or a partial fast. That means you just skip a meal. This insert, this insert should be in there. Get these inserts in there. We got them in the back. Get them out. Get them out. If we got them, get them out. Oh, there they come. I'm sorry. They were probably waiting for me to do it later on. They're coming to you. Amen. Thank you for letting me know because you guys are making me look dumb over here. Like, look at it. Some of you are faking it. You're like looking down. Tell me if it's not in there. It's all right. <laughs> So week one, prayer, connecting to God. Week two, fasting, committing to God. If you don't know what a Daniel fast is, Google it like you Google everything else. Amen? Before we go on the social media fast. So you got to do that before. Week number three. Week number three is going to be about studying. We're going to commit to God. We're going to connect to God. And then we're going to consume God because the word is God. Amen? So week three, we're going to be talking about the word says study to show thyself approved. We're going to be reading the book of John together. I want you to read three chapters a day. Oh, my God. How am I going to do that? Three chapters a day. If you don't know how to read, version has a version where you press and it reads it to you. Praise God. There is no excuses in this, in this day and age. Amen? He said, I don't know how to read. Press play. It'll read it to you. In the beginning was the word and the word, and you just listen to it. Amen? We're going to read that week of study. We're going to meet a Wednesday night. We're going to do something weird. We're going to meet on a Wednesday night that week because every week I want you to get used to coming out and doing something different. So that week we're going to meet on a Wednesday night, that week of, of study, and we're just going to come together for an hour, 7.30 to 8.30, and we're just going to play the book of John. And so we're just going to sit in silence kind of and just reflect. And throughout all of this, what I'm going to ask you to do is journal. This might be something brand new to all of you. Get a 99 cents notebook. Get a journal on all of your phones, on, on Android and iPhone. There's a notes app. Use the notes app and every day just write some notes. Just journal. And about how this experience, about how much you hate the pastor right now, about how much you hate what we're going through right now, about how hungry you are, about how itching you are to get on Twitter or to get on Instagram, about your withdrawals. Talk about whatever until, until it starts getting good and it starts connecting to God somehow. I promise you it will. Amen? So we're connecting to God. We're committing to God. We're consuming. And then week four is, is service week. Week four is about carrying it all out. Listen, after a week of prayer, a week of study, and a week of fasting, we're going to be in beast mode. Amen? That means we're ready to carry it out and do something. What I'm going to challenge you to do that week is you're going to do a random act of kindness every day. You're going to bless somebody every day with a random act of kindness. We'll talk about that as we move forward, but I'm just getting you prepared so that you don't show up for the next three weeks if you're not with this. There might be 15 of us for the next three weeks. That's okay. But the 15 of us are going to change things on this side of the Bronx. Amen? And another 15 up in Harvest Field, we're going to change things in the Bronx. 
Because see, ultimately, what, I, what we're going to do, church, is we're going to live a life of purpose on purpose. You, you, do you know you can't live a life of purpose by mistake? It'll never happen. You have to be purposeful about what you want. You have to be purposeful about the change that you want to see. Things are just not going to change on their own. Can we kill the heat in here? Things are not going to change. So I want us to live a life. Here's the goal of this entire challenge. To live a life that shines with the will and the purposes of God. To grow and to mature. To see every Christian develop a habit of reading, reflecting, and revealing God in their everyday lives. Anybody want that? Or are you just like comfortable being the Sunday Christian? That's boring. That's boring. Listen, if Christianity is boring, it's because you're not doing it right. There's nothing more exciting than serving God. There's nothing more exciting than walking in the Spirit of God with the Spirit of God inside us and seeing every day that way. It's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. It's hard. It's a challenge. I'm not going to lie to you. It's exhausting sometimes. Sometimes it's, it's hard to, to get up. Sometimes it's hard to keep on. But you know what? This world is hard anyway. Amen? Talk to your friends at work that are not Christians, that are not serving God. It's hard for them too. But you have something different. We have the Spirit of God leading us and, and strengthening us and giving us hope. Amen? But if we're in between, if, if we're in between you and the guy at work and you're in between, you've got the worst of both lives. Because you're too Christian to have any fun on this side and not feel guilty. And, and, and you're not Christian enough to really have some fun on this side. So in the middle, it's a horrible life. Amen? So I want you to tap. See, this world is so hungry to tap into something spiritual. If you, if you listen to the music today, if you, if you listen to everybody, what everybody's sharing and talking about, everybody's looking for this cosmic connection, right? And the world calls it all kinds of things. Everybody want to be spiritual. It's positive energy. It's your chi. It's your aura. Oprah and her gurus, they want to call it cosmic consciousness. I just want to be cosmic, you know, conscious about the cosmics. And the planets, you know, are speaking to us. And sometimes the tree can speak to me. And sometimes, no, no, it's so much more than that. that. That feeling, that presence, that connectedness that we have, that awareness, that's not creation. That's the creator. And we need to show the world that that's the creator, right? Why connect? That's not the universe talking. It's the creator of the universe. Why I want to connect with a tree when I can connect to the man, to the, to the entity, to the presence that made a tree out of a seed? That don't baffle your mind that this entire tree that's bigger than your house came from a little tiny seed. That's amazing. It's not so that you can worship this seed. God is showing you how insignificant things are and how big he is. To have planets revolving around each other without hitting each other. To have planets and suns and moons going around those planets as they revolve. You know the Jimmy Dean commercial, right? And, and to have these planets. And it's amazing. It, it's, it's the power of God. God is so big and we're so small. And we think we know so much. So let's not focus on the, the whole point of this is to, to take it to the creator, amen? I just finished reading a book last week. It was about finding the will of God. Because, you know, Christians make that such a difficult thing, finding the will of God. I want to be in God's will. 
I don't want to do anything outside of God. And the book is titled, What Am I Supposed to Do With My Life? Here's a quote from it. And here's how I want you to see. Here's how I see my life. Here's how I want you to see your life. Especially during this time that we're getting close and connecting and committing and, and, and consuming. I, I want you to see your life this way. Every day you are playing a significant and meaningful role in a truly profound story. There is no such thing as an insignificant moment. Every moment is divine. We only need to be aware. Isn't that amazing? That there's no such thing as a moment that's wasted. Right? You can, what does that mean? You could be at DMV waiting. And you say, man, my number is 336. And we're up to four. <laughs> and when I get there, they're going to tell me I don't have the right ID anyway. <laughs> right? Anybody with me? So, so this is a total wasted day. I wasted a day not going to work. I wasted a day of no pay. I wasted a day not being with my family. I wasted a day not being. Or this is a divine moment that I'm standing right here in this place in the Bronx or in the city. God, God, why do you have me here? Can you imagine if we had that kind of connection? God, why do you have me here? Why am I 334 and there's only up to four? Why? Why am I going to be here for 330 more people? What, what are you, instead of getting mad about it, saying this is a divine moment, who's here? And start to look around, who's here, God? Who, where is he? Where, where, where's that couple? Where's that person? Where's that kid? Who, who, who is he? Who, who's here that needs, that needs to know about you? Who's here that needs a touch from you? Who's here that needs a random act of kindness? Whoa, that'd be crazy. No distraction, everything's good. See, the church has made the will of God so elusive and so mysterious. I always hear people saying, I'm waiting on the will of God, you know. <clears throat> I don't want to do anything, you know, I don't know what the will of God is yet. And so, you know, I'm waiting on my life for the will of God. And what happens is they stop there and they wait. They stop there and they wait. And I've talked to people, they've been, oh, I don't know, you know, I've been in the church 19 years, but, you know, I don't really know what God wants me to do yet. But I'm just waiting, you know. They asked me to be an usher. They asked me to be help with the kids' ministry. They asked me to work with the youth. They asked me to be on the worship team. I do play six instruments, but I don't know if that's the will of God for my life. I, I, I don't know. And you do nothing. Listen, there's another quote from the author goes on to say, the will of God is not about what you do, it's about who you are. And it starts where you are. <sighs> Sit down. Come on. The will of God is not about what you do. It's about who you are. And it starts where you already are. Go home, some of you. Go, go get busy. See, I believe through the next couple of weeks, where we're going we're gonna to be able to get this, a clearer picture of not only who God is, but who we are. Amen? So, so let me get you some scripture. Give me, give, give me the scripture up there. Romans 12. Let me get you some scripture for those of you that, you know, you need to put this way. It's always good to go to the word. Amen. Romans 12. Listen, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So Paul is saying, let your life be an offering. Let your life 
be an offering. And, and what else is he warning us there? But don't fall into the patterns of this world. Give me the next verse. We have different gifts, each of us, according to the grace given us. And if, it's, if his man's gift is prophesying, then let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, then let him serve. If it's teaching, then let them teach. If it's encouraging, let them encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, then let them give generously. If it's leadership, let them govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, then let them do it cheerfully. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, do you. Isn't that awesome? He's saying, be you. You don't have to be like anybody else. You don't have to try to copy this one and copy that one. Would you do what comes naturally to you? Do what you've been gifted to do. Whatever that is, do it with all your heart. Come on. The will of God is for you to be who he created you to be. We're waiting too often to be somebody else. That person is already that person. It's taken. Don't chase titles. Don't chase positions. Be who you were created to be. That's, that's the way you shine. Amen? But listen, it's got to be serious about it. Give me the next verse. Love must be sincere. Hate what's evil. Cling to what's good. That means no, just because I'm good at selling drugs, I'm going to keep selling drugs. <laughs> that's what I'm really good at. I made a lot of money selling drugs. So No, no, no. no. It has to be sincere. Hate what's evil. You know, cling to what's good. But look, look, look what's included in that. Verse 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Be joyful, be patient, be faithful. That's, that's the marks of a man of God. That's the marks of a woman of God. They're joyful. They're patient and they're faithful. Let me take you to another scripture. Paul's talking here. 1 Thessalonians 5.12. Now, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and admonish you. That means be nice to your pastors and leaders. But that's not why I put this up there. Hold them in the highest regard in love. That means love us, okay? Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. But here's, here's the key. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, warn those that are idle, encourage those that are, warn those that are idle. I get stuck here. That's why I, I hound some of you on Facebook. Warn those that are idle. That's why I try to not let a week go by where, you know, if I don't see you, and, and it's hard because this group is getting bigger, but I need us to all do this, amen? That's not just my role to do. Like Ephraim was saying during worship, we need, to, we need to do this. Encourage, right? Warn those that are idle. Encourage the timid, help the weak, and be patient with everybody. Don't threaten their fish. Be patient with everybody. That's private. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and be kind to everyone else. Look at the next verse quickly, last one. Be joyful always, pray continually. The King James says, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Some of you are still waiting for God's will. If you read it, the word says this is God's will for you. So let's sum that up. God's will is this. 
to keep us, offer your lives as a living sacrifice, as an offering. Keep yourselves from being conformed to the pattern of this world. What does the pattern of this world tell you to do? Live like there's no God or live like everything's God. Isn't it, isn't it that extreme? That's all the world says. Either there's no God or everything's God. The speaker is God. The tree is God. This little bug is God. The sun shining on my face is God. Every, every, right? It's living, but that's the pattern of this world. What, what is it teaching us? It's teaching us that it's all about us. Why did God make the entire universe? I think to show us how small and insignificant we are. And, then to, and why did he send his son? Because he loves us so much. So how important we are to him, how valuable we are to him, but how insignificant we are in the scope of, of everything. Amen? So, so that's God's will. Be devoted to one another. Be, church, we can't do this alone. We can't do this alone. There's no superheroes in the, in the kingdom of God. None. Those that think they're superheroes, that's what you hear them on the news and they fall. Because we, we can. Not a, it don't matter if you're a pastor or a deacon or usher, whatever it is. They, we're not superheroes. We all need one another. So we should be devoted to one another. We need to encourage one another. Amen? Keep your zeal up. Sometimes we can't keep our zeal up. So how do we do it? We encourage e- each other. That's how we keep it up. That's how we keep our, our, our fervor up, our passion. The word says be joyful. Give thanks in all circumstances. Be faithful in prayer. Now, this is a tough one. Pray without ceasing. His, this week, is, our focus is prayer. So let me just spend a, 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 an hour or two on, 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 this, on this prayer part. I'm kidding. Relax. Relax. Our focus is prayer this week. Let me give you the best example because some of us think, you know, pray without ceasing. That means, man, God wants us in a room for three hours. He wants you up at three in the morning praying for three or four hours. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. You do that, you're going to change your life for sure. There's nothing wrong with that. But, But we have this idea. And because we don't fit that into our schedules, a lot of us feel guilty. We can't pray without ceasing. I can't pray for four minutes without ceasing, right? I can't pray for three minutes without falling asleep. I can't pray, right? And so we have our guilt and we have our thing. But listen, this is the best example I could kind of think of in my head to help you understand this pray without ceasing thing. Please try to stick with me here. Watch this. I'm going to give you a picture. When my wife and I first met at the dentist's office in Manhattan, we were nine years old. That's why we can be married for 25 years. Okay, we weren't nine, but it doesn't matter in the story. That's not what matters. When my wife and I first met at the dentist's office, if we had just exchanged glances, which we did, plenty of, because she was a hottie, and apparently she felt the same way. (laughs) But, but, But if we had just exchanged glances with one another, if we had just done the, you know, Hey, hey, and le- nothing would, we would never have met, right? It would have just been like, you know, she would have Facebook, even though we had no internet back then, because that's how old we are. She would have Facebook, you know, hey, met this dude at the dentist. Oh, I didn't really meet him, but, you know, whatever. We, we did this to each other. But see, it, well, watch this. It took an introduction 
So either someone had to introduce us or we had to introduce ourselves, right? We had to, we had to get to the point where we, we actually, you know, like met each other, right? And, and it's the same way a lot of us come to God that way. Somebody introduces us or we have this encounter with God by ourselves. And it could happen either way. So after we met, the decision to have a relationship the way we met, by the way, her little sister came up to me. Yo, my little sister, thank you. You know, my little sister, whatever, whatever. A little, a little thug sister came up and said, yo, yo, man, my little sister want your number, yo. Yo, yo, give my sister your number, you know. It was funny. Thank you, Jeannie. So, so we had to, we, we, you know, after we met, the decision to have a relationship or to build or to stay in relationship, it required that we exchanged information, right? Otherwise, how would we reach each other again? So we had to exchange it. So, you know, being the player that I was, I had a business card already with my name on them. <laughs> this is actually true. She has the card still. I gave her my card. Call me. I was too cool for school. So, so God, so, so I gave her, you know, my, my, my information. I gave her a way to, see, God has given us his 411 when he gave us the word. God gave us everything we need to connect with him in his card. Amen? He's not as corny as I am, but you, you, you know what I'm saying? So, so once we had a way to reach each other, a means to contact each other, something else had to happen. We actually had to reach out to one another. Right? And so the phone calls began. My wife and I talked on the phone for a year before we ever got together again. And, and, and then when we really started, that's when, you know, the phone calls started. You know, the real, you, you know, anybody remember when you were young and you'd watch TV together on the phone? <laughs> like the guys are not going to admit to this, but the girls are like, oh, my God, remember? The guys are like, nah, man. But you'd watch TV together. You'd fall asleep together. Anybody? Where the corny couples at? Come on. You fall asleep together on the phone. You, you, you know, you, and then, you know, when you had to say goodbye because everybody's screaming in your house, get off the phone, I got to get on the internet. Remember? Remember? <laughs> I had to get my net zero on, you remember? AOL. So, so then when everybody started yelling in your house, you got to get off the phone, okay, 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 I got to hang up, I got to hang up, okay, you hang up first. No, no, you hang up first. No, you hang up. Okay, we're going to hang up at the same time. Okay, okay, okay. One, two, three. You still there? Oh. <laughs> I love you, baby. Oh, I love you, too. Okay, hang up. Hang up. And my mother would scream at me, why the long phone calls? What, what do you have to say to each other that takes so long? But when you're in a relationship with somebody, you want to spend time with them. And if you can't be there with them physically, you want to at least be connected somehow. Aye. So remember, the challenge this week is prayer, connecting to God. So now, the more we spoke on the phone, the more you speak on the phone, the more, the more you get to know the person. Amen? And the more you spend time, you spend with one another, the more you start to know each other, the, the more you, you learn quickly what pleases and what displeases the other person. Right? Anybody know relationships? This is relationship advice. Listen. 
The more you, you understand what pleases them, the more you understand what they like, you understand what they dislike. Listen, if you're smart, if you have any sense or any wisdom at all, this is free marriage counseling, you'll say or do more of the things that please the one you're in a relationship with than, or, and, and do less or try hard to not do the things that irritate or displease them. Now, we don't do it perfectly because we're all imperfect, but with wisdom comes understanding, amen? The longer you're in a relationship, the more you know the person. The more you know the person, the more you learn their heart and what brings them joy and what brings them hurt. The more you communicate with each other, the more you know the heart of that person. My wife and I can, and you know when you get to this level in your relationship where you can finish the other person's sentences? Why? Because you know what they feel. You know what they're thinking. And understand, this is not just a male-female thing. It's a relationship thing. There's, there's, there's people on my team here that they all they can look at my face and they know what I'm thinking. Oh, pastor's worried about this. So pastor, he wants this or he wants that. They know. They, they know. They can could, they could see my action and they know where I'm going to and they'll go and do it. Because, because we have a relationship that way. They understand my heart and they know kind of what's already there. Amen. See, those, that communication, those phone calls, the time together, we check in with one another, we send texts to one another, we call, we take special time to be together, we go out to dinner, we sit and we talk, we listen to each other. That's a picture of praying without ceasing. Are you, are you getting that? That's a picture of praying without ceasing. Why? Because I desire to be in a relationship with my wife. When you desire to be in a relationship with God, you'll understand how to pray without ceasing. Because that means you're always sending, you're always connecting, you're always checking in. Amen? Uh, are you getting this picture? So, so I mean, that's a picture of the, the prayer nights that we're going to have this week, two here and two at Harvest. That's not what's meant by praying without ceasing. That's a corporate prayer. Right? And so we're not coming, you know, we're not coming out to a prayer meeting every night so that, so that, so that when we don't, we feel guilty. Oh, my God, you know, I didn't go to prayer. You know, you're backsliding, you're, you're, you're no good, you're this, you're that. No, that's just intended to jumpstart this communication process. That's all we're doing with that. Amen? I figure if I could get you to at least have this four-night of prayer every week, then when I tell you when we pray for, for, for on a Wednesday night twice a month, it doesn't seem like such a big deal. And you've already gotten into the habit of coming to prayer and being part of the corporate prayer. Amen? And starting this communication process. That's, these nights are just to help to introduce us to the power of prayer, the power of getting to know God who created us and called us and has plans for us. But listen, the pray without ceasing thing is praying when we walk. It's praying as we, as we, as we talk, as we're on the train, when we read. When we, how many times something's happened on the train and it causes you to pray, right? Sometimes it's because you're scared, right? I mean, this is the New York City subway system. <laughs> There's plenty of things to be afraid of. Like, I don't, hopefully the bugs that are on this person's jacket right now are not going to get in, I'm not going to take home with me. I'm not even just talking about violence and all that stuff. Just the craziness that we experience on the train, right? It causes us to pray. And when you're in good situations, doesn't, sometimes when something good happens, don't you just pray? Don't you just, oh, man, God, you're so good to me. That's praying without ceasing. When you're in hard situations, don't, doesn't, doesn't it cause you to cry out? Hey, God, I don't know how much more of this I can take, God. God, this hurts. God, this is hard. 
God, how am I going to, what am I going to do with my son? What am I going to do with my daughter? God, what am I going to do in this situation? Those are situations that call us to pray. That's praying without ceasing. They're listening to music. You, can, you, you know what? Sometimes it's not even worship. I listen to music on the, in, the, in, the, in the store sometimes or in the car or whatever. And, and sometimes just the words from a song will just cause you to pray. Amen? That's praying without ceasing. That's in every situation. That's, we can get so in tune with God without being religious. Please, please listen to me. This is important. Don't be weird with your relationship with God. Don't take this and be weird. Don't go up to people and say, what, God? Oh, um, you want me to give? Okay. All right. God is telling me right now that I need to uh, confiscate that bag of chips that you have, you know. Don't be weird, because that doesn't lead anybody to God. That just makes you a weirdo, right? Oh, uh, God is telling me right now, don't talk to people that don't know God like that, because that'll make you sound crazy. Just say, just say, if God puts that on your heart, because God will. If we, when we're walking with God, it's like we're secret service, man. We got the thing in the ear. But you know why the thing in the ear is see-through? It's because it's not supposed to be noticed. We do it wrong in the movies. In the movies, they're always like, huh, what, what? What's the point of having that thing there if you always got to go like this and people know that you got something in your ear? The point of that see-through thing is just like this. It's just a, oh, okay, God, I got it. Turn, all right, I got you. Don't, don't go to that room, gotcha. Talk to that person in the third row. Just put a hand on the shoulder because they need a hand on the shoulder. All right, God. But you're not going to go to that person and God told me that I need to put, no, just, just do it. Just be, you know what I'm saying? It's be, it's, it's having a, being in tune with God. We don't have to be religious to walk with God. We don't have to be, be weird to, to have this connection with God, amen? We, the bottom line is we're on mission. I want you to see this, we're on mission. If you're not on mission, that's why you're bored. That's why you don't want to come to church all the time. That's why you don't want to read. That's why you don't want to get equipped. That's why you don't want to fast. You don't want to pray. You don't want to be challenged. Because you're not on mission. When you're on mission, you need that stuff. You need that. Say, God, I need you. I, I can't get up here every Sunday and then drop a word. I need God. Otherwise, I come in and talk deparate all the time. I need God, so I got to rely on God. I need to read. I need to study. I need to get in his face. I need to be in tune with him so I can come up here and share anything with you. Amen? So, so I mean, I, I wrote a note there, man, this, this past week. You know, I, I've, I've shared my stories on the train. You see so much junk on the train that, you know, you get desensitized. And to me, you know, it's hard for me to give anybody a dollar on the train because to me, everybody got their hustle and everybody's lying. But as I'm working on this message this past week, this lady, she passes me. She don't ask for anything. She goes into the garbage on the, on the platform. She sees a bag of chips on the garbage. She pulls it out. She empties the little bit of crumbs that are left in the bag and eats the crumbs and keeps walking. She didn't ask me for anything. I said, but, and that broke my heart. I said, she just, she just picked up somebody's garbage. And ate it. And she's not asking anybody for anything. She wasn't asking for money. She had everything was a head down. And she, and she just went. And then she went from that garbage to the next garbage, looking for something to eat. And it broke my heart, man. And, and my, my, I'm on the train. I, I was like, I didn't even have any money on me. And I, I was just, I was kind of shook. You know, I didn't know how to respond to that. Because this was real. This wasn't a hustle. This wasn't, hey, I lost my leg. And, you know, in the war. And I'm a Vietnam vet. And, you know. You got, oh, sorry, I mean, you know, no, it was the other leg. I lost the other leg in a battle and this arm, you know. This was real need, man. 
And so I prayed right there. I had a moment with God. I said, God, God, let me not be so callous. Let me not be so callous that I don't, I don't want to help anybody anymore, that I don't trust anybody anymore. God, give me a heart that sees through the nonsense. Give me a heart that, that knows who I should give my entire wallet to and who's just trying to rip me off. Amen? So we can ask God, listen, the Spirit of God, if you're a believer, the Spirit of God is in you. And God says if you need wisdom, he'll give you wisdom. Amen? If we just ask them. So prayer is communication with God. And then read it. So if prayer is communication with God, then reading the word is, is prayer also, isn't it? Because reading the word is listening to God. Communication, that's some of our problem. We talk too much. We don't listen enough. I can be guilty. I'm a pastor, so it's hard, you know? I'm used to preaching. I got to sometimes shut up and just listen. And it's hard. I, I apologize for that. But, but, but that's our life, right? We have to, so, so communication is, is talking and listening. And so our, the, the, our prayer is God's will. Can, can you just accept that today? Prayer is God's will for your lives. We have to be people of prayer. We have to stop thinking that people of prayer are the intercessory prayer team that are here to pray for us. I thank God for them. I thank God for the team of leaders that we have that prays for us. There's, there's a team that meets us in the room before we start service, and we pray together, we intercede, and I thank God for that. But, but that's not for special people. That's for all of us. Amen. We should, be, we should be people of prayer. We need to connect with God, with the Spirit of God. This week, I'm, I'm going to challenge you to connect with God in a real way and be more than a Sunday way. Amen. Because sometimes we say that we're waiting on God when God is actually waiting on us. He's expecting us to start taking life seriously and start taking advantage of the opportunities that he's already given us. Somebody say amen. As opposed to waiting for the next new thing. He's expecting us to live our current season to the fullest. Worship team, come, come. God is expecting us to live our current season to the fullest. And you can say, but listen, the season I'm in right now sucks. The season I'm in right now is hard. I just lost this. I lost this one. This one's sick. I'm, the season I'm in right now is very difficult. God's saying, enjoy that season to the fullest. Live that season to the fullest. Because you know that in there, God is working all things out according to his will. And for your good, for those that love God, the word says. Amen? Knowing God's promises and, and purposes are being fulfilled. Romans 8, 28. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purposes. All things. All this works together for my good. And, and so, <coughs> let me sum up real quick. As the worship team comes, you start playing a little something there. That, that's what we're doing this week. We're going to spend time with God. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna build relationship. We're going to get to know more and more. We're going to listen. We're going to bring things to God. We're going to bring him your questions. Bring God your doubts. Do you know that God won't be offended by your doubts? Somebody received that today? You don't have to be fake with God. Like we are with each other sometimes, you know. Praise the Lord. I'm doing well in victory. Andando, praise God, and Victoria. We don't have to be fake with God. We say, God, I don't think I'm going to make it this week. I don't, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand why this is happening. And you can talk to God that way. You can be real with God. Amen? So here's, in closing, let me give you something to look for in your time of prayer this week with God. This is important. Listen up. Listen up. Wake him up. Wake him up. Tell him we're almost done. This is the first prayer challenge. If they were asleep, I'm going to be really offended. The first prayer challenge this week 
besides the services, besides taking some time, if you can't make the services, taking some time to really get in God's face in prayer. Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to hear from God for a word for you. One word. One word. We all, we all know this New Year's resolution thing doesn't work. So instead of making a list of stuff that we're not going to follow through on, I'm going to save you money right now because some of you are going to join gyms you're never going to go to. I mean, except Chris's gym. If you go to him, that's a personal trainer. That's a whole different story. He's going to hound you and make sure you go anyway, so that's a different story. But don't go pay $20 at some gym and not show up. We all know New Year's resolutions don't work. So what I wanted to do, what we've chosen to do as a church, we've done this since last year, and, and I've heard so many testimonies. That's been awesome, so we're going to keep walking in this. What if instead of a resolution, we chose one word for the year? Watch this. One word for the year. A word that God would use to shape our everyday living for the entire year. What if we chose one word that would embody the change that we'd like to see for 2015? So we're going to ask God this week in our prayer time, in our pray without ceasing, in our, in our subway time, in our work time, in our hangout time, in our chill out time, we're going to ask God to give us one word. <coughs> I want you to test this thing this week. We're going to ask God to speak a word into our lives for the year, and then we're going to live with that word all year round. Here's how it works. Let me give you an example. These are some of the words that some of the leadership team chose last year. Somebody chose the word grow, but they said, this year I'm going to grow in every area of my life. Somebody chose the word freedom because they're looking, they said, this is going to be a year of freedom. Somebody chose still because they're saying, God is saying, you need to be still and understand what, what I'm doing around you. Somebody chose dedication, limitless, completion, delight, stand, prosper, harmony, identity, balance. I, I personally, my word for the year was healthy last year. Because my, my, honestly, my idea, I wanted to eat healthier, I wanted to get in better shape, I wanted to work out more. I did some of that, I did start some of that, and I did make some changes. But the way God used that word in my life more was in the area of the spiritual and the emotional. God is saying, I want you to be emotionally healthy. God is saying, I need you to be spiritually healthy by developing good disciplines and good habits. And so the word for the year, I had to use that word all year and, and ask myself, is this healthy for me? Because that was my word, healthy. So I had to say, is this relationship healthy for me? Is this person in my life healthy for me? See, one word could shape your entire year and bring you instead of resolutions, amen? Is it healthy for me, that relationship, that person, that habit, that attitude? Some, some of us used, the, the, there was, there was a awesome testimony about the word priority, right? And God gave that word priority to someone and said, because God's telling her to put some things in priority. And so everything that came up, she had to understand, okay, where does this fit in the priority that God has for my life? And, and that, was, that was a constant sharpening, right? There was, it, it, see, it's so different from a resolution because we can resolve to work out and then when we stop, we fail. But someone here chose the word perseverance. And so when they started to work out and failed, the word spoke to them again and said, no, perseverance. Don't quit. Keep going. So that means you could fail the resolution 50 times and still your word is speaking to you saying, no, no, no. 
Don't quit. Persevere. Press on. Amen? So, so you understand? So what I want you to do, I want you to hear from God this week. I want you to choose a word, and next week we'll talk about it a little more. But this week, that's your assignment. Ask God for a word for this year that will guide you through the entire year. So anybody, anybody on board? Are we ready for a challenge? So this week, we're going to take time to pray corporately, privately. We're going to develop a prayer life. If you're ready to come and do this thing, I got a little reminder for each of you. It's something that we're just going to rock for the month. It says, Building Healthy Families, TSF 2015. It's a reminder, so you can remind yourself all month long, whoa, whoa, I'm fasting this week. Whoa, I'm praying this week. Whoa, I'm adding to my fasting prayer this week. Whoa, I'm adding to my fasting prayer, and I'm adding study this week. Whoa, and, and, and so it's a reminder. What's that thing on your arm? Oh, man, it's going to remind you of your word for the year. Amen? So listen, I'm not gonna, I was going to have the ushers pass it out, but I don't want to make it easy. I want you to, if you make a challenge, then I want you to come and make a commitment with God. And I want you to take that challenge seriously. Oh, look, I didn't even call you guys already coming up. Amen. Praise God. They're not going to run out. Don't worry. So that you know, parents, your kids are going to be challenged. And there's, there's, a, there's an insert also that, that shows you how to, how to apply this for your kids and how to, how to have your kids kind of be a part of this as well so that you can do it as a family. Amen, amen. I'm forcing all you guys to do it. So. Amen, amen. I want this to remind you that you're on mission, amen? Come on, we're Team TSF right now. Yes. And we are on mission week one. I challenge you to make it count. Get your word. And in getting your word, you're going to see how, and, and see how God works, how God did speak to you. Some of you say, God, I never hear from God. Well, once you get your word, then that's going to change because God's going to show you, I did you do hear from me. I gave you a word for the year, and I'm going to use that word to shape you all year round. Yes, yes, Lord. Go ahead, man. Let's worship before we leave. Hallelujah. Your love is higher than the skies above. Your love is wider than what I can dream of. Your love is deeper, it's the greatest of all. Your love is higher. Your love is higher than the skies above. Your love is wider than what I 
we just stand to our feet together? Your love saves, your love is higher than the skies above. Your love is wider than what I can dream of. Your love is deeper, it's the greatest of all. Your love is higher, Lord. Sing it again. Your love is higher than the skies above. Your love, your love is wider than what I can dream of. Your love is deeper. It's the greatest of all. Greatest of all. Hallelujah. Listen, before, before you leave, if these are at the sound booth. This is another paper. This is how to include your kids. So if you want to grab one of these, as a matter of fact, let's take some of these to the Welcome Center, two of these, take a bunch of these. So if you want to grab one of these for your kids and take a band for them also, they accept that challenge. You put that band on them, and this is a way to kind of help them be a part and be with you in something. Amen? Challenge them. It's not too, it's not too early. It's never too soon. Amen? To get, them, to get them on mission. We want to see our kids on mission, man. Go ahead. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just leave here with a praise in our mouth and a reminder of who God is in our life. So we'll sing this part of the song and just have this song in your heart throughout the week, just reminding you how good, how faithful God is. Bye. 